0: Hey folks, before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to give some information to y'all, all all of you out there in listener land. My other podcast, which is called Stephen or Else, I got a brand new episode that just landed yesterday. It's the first new episode that I have put out for that podcast since December. These things do take a long time to put together. These particular episodes that I do for Stephen or Else, they shouldn't take that long, but there's a new episode out there. There's another one coming within a week or two right after that, and I urge you all to go check it out, stevenarels.com. You can find it anywhere else you get podcasts. You can even listen to audio versions, audio-only versions on YouTube. That's all I got for you. Let's start the episode. Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area. And solid plastic so don't settle for imitation but the senator while insisting he was not intoxicated could not explain his nudity if you ever wondered wondered I apologize for that but I think you'll find this a bit more interesting Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Stephen, and I'm coming at you once again behind, behind the eight ball. I'm late. You know, there's this apocalypse going on. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. We're in the middle of an apocalypse. All right, so it's not that bad, but it is a worldwide pandemic, and I'm, I'm a little busy. I'm fighting fires. I'm scheduling things. I'm rearranging and all that good stuff. And when that happens, I find myself without the time to record some stuff. So I'm going to come at you this week with another old episode from the old version of the Stephen or Else podcast, which is not anywhere else online except for the Everything or Else feed. This is episode 30 from March 18th, 2019, and it's the episode in which I cover Craven's Last Hunt. Enjoy. Enjoy. The following podcast is going to contain spoilers. There will also be talk of a man eating live spiders in the nude. So consider yourself well and fully warned. Proceed at your own risk. welcome to another episode of the Stephen R. Else podcast, the only show that's tired of trying to come up with something unique to say each and every week here in the intro. I'm your host, Stephen, and it's freaking windy outside. I don't know if that's going to come across at all in this recording, but the wind is a-blowing. You know, they say March, it goes comes in like a lion and out like a lamb. Is that right? Am I remembering that from grade school? For those of you who are new to the podcast, I record in my car. I'm out here with my phone in a parking lot recording in my car because I work two jobs and when I'm home, I'm home. I don't, I don't have much time. I don't, I don't have a lot of time to do much of anything at home other than just be with my freaking family when I am home. So when I have that opportunity to be home with my family, I take advantage of that and I try not to do any podcasting stuff at home. I don't always succeed at that. There are weeks in which I do have to do podcasting stuff at home, but in general I try to keep I try to keep it out of the house. Okay, so Craven's last hunt was a six-part saga. I'm calling it a saga. Because at the end of each issue, it said, the saga continues in. And then it would tell you what issue to go to next. It ran from October to November in 1987. And it ran through the three Spider-Man titles that were being produced at the time. So so, so the first part was in Web of Spider-Man 31. It went into Amazing Spider-Man 293. And from there, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man number 131. And then Web of Spider-Man 32, Amazing Spider-Man 294. And Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 132. It was written by J.M. DeMatteis. Pencils by the great Mike Zeck. I tell you what, I have been Mike Zeckin' it up, up in this place. You know what I'm saying? I'm right now, I over the other podcast I'm doing, Event or Else, I'm going through the 12 issues of Secret Wars. Currently, uh, issues one through three, those episodes are out. And issue number four, will be out on Wednesday. Uh, But that's done by Mike Zek with the exception of a few issues in the middle. I got Craven's Last Hunt here, Mike Zek. I read uh, four old Captain America books from 83 or 84, Mike Zek. And I have that uh, Punisher four issue mini that Mike Zek did ready to read. So between Mike Zeck, if, if I'm not reading Mike Zeck, I'm reading some John Byrne. It's like I've been really into the into the really old stuff lately. Anyway, it was inked by Bob. Um, I'm always I'm always unsure how to pronounce this dude's name. I, I always want to say McLeod, but it's M-C-L-E-O-D. So McLeod. I don't know. Letters by Rich Parker. Colors uh, by Janet Jackson. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Bob Sharon and Mike Zek. All right. So as the, as the story opens up, we open up with Craven crouching in the shadows. And that man is naked. He is buck naked and he starts training. He's training for battle, but the way he's training, he, it's, it's like he's in, the, he's in his trophy room. So he's got like this stuffed gorilla and a stuffed cheetah or something. And he's like, he's fighting them. He's fighting stuffed taxidermied animals. I don't I don't know. I suppose that helps you keep your edge. And of course he's doing it completely naked. Yes, I'm saying naked and not naked. That's N E K K I D, naked. I'm from Kansas. That's what we say. I actually say naked. I just think naked's funny. So, eventually he uh, uh he stops training and he goes and pours himself a drink. In the meantime, there's a dude outside, one of his assistants. He's outside in the pouring rain and he's digging a grave. Hmm. I wonder who that's for. Craven is, he's, uh, being very, uh, you know, he's thinking deep thoughts about Russia because he's from Russia and he's thinking of his parents and how they were his, his, uh, you know, his ancestors were, were, were bullied out of Russia by Lenin and, and all those guys. And, uh, He's pouring himself a drink and he's 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 having his drink and he goes into the main hall of his mansion and there's what looks like a a some so it's like he's getting ready for a funeral. There's a there's a coffin at the end of the hall. He goes to the coffin and uh he pulls out from within the coffin uh a Spider-Man costume. Now this is the black and white Spider-Man costume, so this is actually uh he's gotten rid of the symbiote. I don't know if Venom has made an appearance yet. I don't believe he has. I don't think Venom uh has made an appearance actually he hasn't because i think venom appears in in issue 300 of amazing spider-man anyway so he pulls out the spider-man costume and he starts to cry because he uh he's a sensitive fad guy meanwhile uh at another part of the city there's a group of criminals like street level thugs they're holding a funeral at this uh crappy little bar for a guy named joe face and he is uh he's a snitch I don't know if these guys know it. I don't think they, they make a point to let us know if the guys who are having the funeral for him know that he's a snitch, but he would snitch to Spider-Man apparently quite often. And so Spider-Man comes to pay his respects. Um, However, of course, you know, you got a bunch of criminals gathered together. Spider-Man drops down in the middle of them and they all start freaking out. And, you know, some of them try to run. Some of them try to kill him. And, uh, in the end, he just, he, you know, he takes care of him. He, he webs up the door, tells them all. He's not looking for trouble. He just same came to say goodbye. One of the, uh, crooks, you know, he tries to shoot him and Spider-Man's like, Hey buddy, put the gun away. We're just here to pay our respects to Joe face. What kind of name is that? Joe face. I'm assuming that's not his birth name. Joe face. Uh, Spider-Man then pulls a wad of money out of his costume and drops it in the donation plate and tells them that, you know, buy a good coffin and bury him well, and then he heads home. This part I did find a little confusing because the whole part about Spider-Man, I mean, I read this in uh, one of the epic collections, and it was just a few issues previously. He had just gotten married. He has been pining, not pining, he's been complaining the whole time about how he doesn't have any money. But the first chance he gets, he drops a big wad of cash on a guy whose last name is Face. So he goes home. He, of course, starts thinking about death because you can't go to a funeral without thinking about death. And uh, as he's laying in bed, contemplating his life, a spider descends from the ceiling. He reaches out to squish it against the wall and uh, decides to leave it there. All right, so we go back to, to Craven. He is still naked, He's, he's taken the robe off. He's completely naked now. And he is, all right, I'm going to start saying naked. That's going to get old pretty quick, isn't it? The man is nude. He's in the raw. He doesn't have a stitch of clothing on him. He's in the, he's in the birthday suit that God gave him. And, uh, this is where it starts getting super creepy because this, this room that he's in just starts, it just starts, uh, it begins filling with spiders. Like they're coming out of these, uh, vents or something in the wall just thousands and thousands of spiders and they're around his ankles and then they're around his knees and they just keep filling the room and he starts eating them these are live spiders and he just starts eating them he needs to become the spider before he goes on his hunt tonight and to do that he has to eat spiders and so he's just he's just crunching on him and there's this pink goo dripping down his chin and it's in his mustache and stuff and then from there Peter wakes up in bed. He's had a nightmare where where he he just he's had this nightmare. He was alone. Things were crawling all over him. Uh he sees the spider on his hand and he crushes it against the wall instinctively. So he gets out of bed. He's got a headache. He can't sleep. So what does he do? He goes out web-slinging. This is where he and Craven meet. So Spider-Man is out web-slinging. He can't get the thought there so the Ned Leeds is 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 an old character from the Spider-Man uh, mythos. He's been a part of the title for a while. At this point in the comics, he had recently died. And it was part of the Spider-Man versus Wolverine miniseries, which was also part of this epic collection. He's He can't stop thinking about that. He can't stop thinking about death. And because his mind is so occupied, he almost ignores his spider sense and barely avoids getting shot by a dart. It comes out of the darkness, right? But he was meant to dodge the first one because the second one gets him and it's a drugged dart. And so he starts, you know, he starts, I'm all drugged up. And he begins to hallucinate. Uh, He sees the ghost of Joe face. And um, but then he realizes what's going on because then suddenly Craven's there. They start to fight. Uh, Craven takes him out really quick, of course, because he's drugged up. A net is thrown around Spider-Man and it's it's made of a material that Spider-Man cannot rip. He can't bust it open. And then Craven walks up to him. He's got a rifle over his shoulder. He pulls the rifle out, out, off of his shoulder and he points it at Spider Man. Pulls the trigger, bam! Then we go from there back to Craven's place, and he's placing Spider Man, still in the costume, in a coffin. They put the coffin in the in the hole in the ground that the guy had been digging, and then they bury him. And there's a tombstone that says, "Here lies Spider Man." So, having done that, Craven's not done. So he. It's not enough for him to have killed Spider-Man. Now he needs to become Spider-Man. He's got his own costume. And uh, so he's going to go out and he's going to do Spider-Man stuff. Now, in the meantime, we learn about this character named Vermin, who has been living in the sewers. Vermin is a character that has shown up before. I don't know. I don't remember the storyline he was in. But based on what they talk about in the book, he uh, he fought Spider-Man and Captain America. It took both Spider-Man and Captain America to take him down. He is like a hybrid man-rat thing. And he lives in the sewers, and he looks like a man-rat. And he comes up to the surface long enough to grab somebody, pull them into the sewers, and eat them. So this is a pretty dark book, really, for 87. We got naked men eating spiders and rat men eating people. So we go back to uh, Peter's apartment. Mary Jane is there. I don't know why she wasn't there, The 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 night that Peter had a nightmare. Because, you know, they're they're married, so she's at home and she's waiting for him. There's still a bunch of boxes that she hasn't unpacked. She's worried about her husband because I don't know how long this has been at this point, but she's afraid that he's dead. I don't know why she just immediately leaps to that, but of course he is Spider-Man. And if she hasn't heard from him in a while, that I guess would be my logical conclusion as well. So she's on the floor with these boxes. She's thinking about Peter. She's wondering where he is. And a rat comes scurrying across the apartment floor. And Mary Jane does what any typical woman would do when faced with a rat in her apartment. No, she does not climb up onto a chair and scream like a girl. She beats the rat to death with her boot. Mary Jane kicks butt. She beats the rat to death with her boot. And then, uh, and then of course she's kind of grossed out by the, uh, smashed up corpse of this rat in her apartment. All right, so we go back to Craven. He is now in the Spider-Man costume. He's been out doing Spider-Man things. He's back at the mansion. He's crawling around on the floor. He pulls uh, the upper portion of the costume off, so now he's like bare-chested, and he starts drinking like a dog from a bowl on the floor, which is full of hallucinogens. And uh, so, of course... If you're going to start taking hallucinogens, you're going to hallucinate. And he's uh, he's doing this on purpose because now he's trying to beat back this fear that he has as a mass of spiders attack him. Like all these spiders, he's hallucinating that all these spiders, I guess, that he has eaten, they have formed together and start beating on him and start fighting him. And then we go back to the sewers. Vermin is down there and he's he's finished eating uh, a woman that he has pulled down in the sewers. That's a that's <laughs> that's a nice thing to come upon. And he comes across a page from a newspaper down in the sewer, and he sees on the the front cut page that it's a photo of Spider Man, and it scares him. Ven- Vermin is scared of Spider Man because he re- he remembers the last time he encountered Spider Man with Captain America and how they beat him up, and so he's kind of conflicted at this point because he's afraid of Spider Man, but he. He doesn't want to be afraid of anyone. So he tries to prove that he is not afraid. And he goes up to the surface and he opens up a manhole cover and he's about to pop up out of the manhole cover and he hears footsteps coming and it freaks him out because he thinks it's Spider-Man and he dives back into the sewer. Uh, It's not Spider-Man, however, it's Mary Jane. She's out walking around in the rain. She's trying to find her husband. She hasn't seen him in a while. There are two dudes out there on the streets and, you know, they're like, Hey, baby. And she, uh, she basically tells them to get stuffed, right? They're like, Hey, I think one of them makes mention of her tight pants. Oh, this is some tight pants. I don't think I've ever seen pants that tight before in a girl. Oh my gosh. Can you can look at that, Ralph? Look at them tight pants. And she says basically to get stuffed. We go back to Craven and he's still fighting the mass of spiders and he's soon swarmed by them. And we kind of bounce back and forth here for a moment between Craven and Vermin. Vermin thinks, he senses somebody calling out to him and he thinks it's Spider-Man and he's getting angry about it. We go back to Mary Jane, she's walking. She's, you know, she's walked away from these two dudes, but now they're following her. And of course she's you know, two dudes in the dark following her on a lonely street. She starts to run, they start to run. They catch up to her, they grab her. They probably, they probably say, where are you going there, lady in the tight pants? And uh of course, something bad is gonna happen to Mary Jane, but then Spider Man is there and he he starts I mean, he brutally beats these men. And of course it's not Spider-Man, it's Craven, but she thinks it's Peter. And at one point, as he's beating these men, she 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 begs him to stop, and he does, but uh then he leaves. And she's like that. That wasn't Peter. She she knows it's not Peter at that point, because Peter wouldn't have done that. Vermin at that point, he comes he emerges from the sewers. He's looking for Spider-Man. He's not sure, though. I mean, here's a guy who's a rat man. He lives in the sewers. He comes out of the sewers, and he's like, all right, I'm going to find Spider-Man. And he's out there, and he's like, "Uh, where do I start? No idea. Uh, so instead, he goes to find something or someone to eat. So- Time passes. Craven is now out as Spider-Man. He's fighting crime, but he's he's very brutal about it. He's, you know, Spider-Man's dead. He's he's in he's he's underground and and uh now Craven is out there as Spider-Man and he's I mean, he is fighting crime, but he's he's being very brutal about it. And at one point he barges in on a gang of crooks. They're engaged in a drug deal and he beats them into submission. But one of them, so okay, so he's fighting these he's fighting these crooks and one of them, he kind of you. It looks like he breaks the guy's neck, right? The police arrive, and of course, they're like, "Stand down, Spider Man!" And Spider Man's like, "Screw you, pigs!" He doesn't say that, and so he takes off. And uh one of the officers is, you know, man, Spider Man's been on a rampage all week. And the other cop's like, "Well, hey, man, that's all right. He's doing what we can't do. He's taking care of criminals. He's doing. He's fighting the good fight." But one of the cops is like, uh this drug dealer is dead. Spider-Man has killed. So Spider-Man's name now is, of course, sullied. Craven, however, he's kind of going through an identity crisis. He's starting to think of himself now as the spider. But at, at one point, he's like, he's like no, I'm not, the, I'm not the spider. I am superior to Spider-Man because I have defeated the wall crawler. Elsewhere in the city, a woman tries to hail a cab. It passes her by and she's like, come on, it's raining. But she just decides to walk. She's thinking to herself as she's walking that it's probably not going to be a good idea to do this, but she's where she's going is only 10 blocks away. And it's at this time that Vermin reaches out from an alley, snatches her, pulls her in, kills her. He starts eating her. After he's eaten some of her, he leaves. He's going to go find Captain America and Spider-Man, but he comes across a squad car and he leaps on the hood, smashes through the windshield. Grabs the, one of the police officers in the, in the squad car, pulls, pulls the police officer out, throws the officer into the street. And then this police officer is, he's just suddenly swarmed by an army of rats. Vermin can control rats. So this army of rats just comes up out of the sewers and starts just eating and chewing on this guy, just biting all over him. But the officer's partner shoots vermin, wings him. Vermin goes to attack her. But then for some reason, she reminds him of his mother. So he's on top of her. He licks her face, orders his rats back into the sewer, and then runs away. That vermin is a creepy dude. I mean, obviously, he's a rat man. Rats are not the, the loveliest of creatures. So we go from there to uh, the home of Joe Robertson. He, is the, he runs the, the Daily Bugle. It's still owned by J. Jonah Jameson, but uh, Robbie Robertson, uh, that's what they call him. He runs the thing. Uh, it's, it's nighttime. There's a knock at the door. He opens it and there's Mary Jane. Mary Jane is, you know, it's, it's been over a week now and Peter has not come home. She, she feels like for as long as Peter has been working at the paper and for as much respect as Peter has for Robbie, she kind of feels like Peter may have told Robbie that he's Spider-Man. She doesn't know this for a fact, but she feels that Robbie knows. And if Peter hasn't told him that he's figured it out on his own. And so she's gone there because she doesn't know who to talk to. She hasn't, uh, they don't really talk about this. I'm assuming she hasn't gone to the police because she feels like it would then come out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. I don't know. So that's why she goes to Robbie and Robbie can tell that there's something wrong. But as she's there, once she's there, once she's face to face with the man she starts to have second thoughts. You know, what if Robbie doesn't know? And what if I out Peter and we find out Peter's okay? You know, heck, just not that long ago, he was uh, walked into that structure in Central Park and went to fight the secret oars. And he he was okay when he came back. Maybe this is another one of those situations. She doesn't actually think any of that. I'm I'm postulating at this point. But that's kind of what's going through her mind. You know, maybe Peter is okay. And I shouldn't say anything to Robbie just in case, because he might not know. And so then she leaves. She apologizes. She's like, you know what? Never mind. I got to go. And, you know, he tries to, you can see it's, I, I really liked this moment because you could see that, you know, he could, he could tell that she was struggling with something and he really wanted to help her, but she just, she wouldn't, she shut down and she walked away. Okay, so we go back to the Kravenov estate. That's, of course, where Kraven lives because he is a Kravenov. And he is tormenting a rat in a cage with a knife because he is just a wonderful guy. And he kind of realizes that uh, before he can really prove to himself that he is superior to Spider-Man, he needs one final test. And he senses that out there, somewhere in the city, there is a creature to hunt. And that's when we go back to Vermin. He is looking up. He's down in the sewers. He's looking up to the surface in fear, and he feels that there's something dangerous that is now stalking him, and that, of course, is going to be Craven. So later, dressed as Spider-Man, Craven tracks down Vermin. Uh, he's down there. Vermin's just down there. He's taking a nap. He's just chilling. He's chilling in the sewers. You know, he's just taking a rest. He's having a bit of a lie down, as they say, over. Across the pond, having a bit of a lie down. So, Vermin sees Craven dressed as Spider Man. He thinks that it's actually Spider Man and just freaks out. Craven uh, begins to mock him over Vermin's last defeat by Spider Man. And Vermin points out that uh, Spider Man had to have Captain America to help him and realizes wait a minute, Spider Man had to have Captain America there to help him. And now Spider Man doesn't have Captain America there, and so he attacks. And so they're fighting, and eventually, uh, Craven, of course, subdues him. And, uh, this whole time, since, since the beginning of the story, since Spider Man was shot and buried, every now and then at the bottom of certain pages, we would go back to the grave where Spider Man is. And, uh, you would see a rat crawling across the grave. You'd see a spider on the grave, and at this point, we go back to the grave, and Spider Man's hand busts, just bursts right out of the dirt, and Spider Man then pulls himself out of the dirt. He was not dead. He's been un- He's been down there for two weeks, but he's not dead. And of course, his first thought is for his wife, Mary Jane. And then we go to this this uh s- y- these series of panels where. Peter, he's he's in like this white void. He's tucked into a fetal position. Basically, it's him kind of in his drugged out state. We've gone back and we're now visiting Peter while he was in this, this coffin underground. And it's these hallucinations that he's having in this drugged out state that uh, allows him to embrace being the immortal spider and tunnel his way out of the grave. Um, so when he pulls himself out of the grave, he realizes, of course, that what had happened and that Craven hadn't actually shot him with a real bullet, must've shot him with some kind of dart that, uh, made him feel, you know, made him seem to be dead. So he's pulled himself out of the ground. There's a raging storm all around him. He heads towards Craven's mansion. He searches the property. He can't find anybody. He goes into the library. He finds some, uh, newspapers and he reads uh that on the front pages of some of these newspapers are about Spider-Man going berserk about Vermin's uh murder spree and reading the dates on the papers it's when that's when he realizes that he's been buried underground for 2 weeks and he of course of course he gets freaking angry and uh realizes that Craven left him buried him alive left him for dead for 2 weeks and has been out there Perverting his identity, uh, he goes into Craven's trophy room and just rips everything apart. Two of Craven's assistants come in and sees what's going on, and they're like, "Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting the frick out of here!" But Spider Man, you know, stops him. Wants to know where Craven is. The two guys, they just, they're so scared they can't even talk. So Spider Man just he he leaves. He leaps out the window into the storm. Uh, we go back to Craven. He's somewhere. Still in his Spider-Man costume, he's removed his mask, and he somehow senses that Spider-Man is free. Um, and then with him is an electrified cage, and Vermin is in the cage, and he's freaking out. He keeps trying to get out of the cage. Every time he grabs the bars, the electricity hits him, and he's, and he's blasted back. We go back to, uh, Mary Jane and Peter's apartment. Mary Jane is up late. She's watching the news. She's, uh, she's starting, she, she's, she's freaking out because she's realized, obviously, that this man who is, posing as Spider-Man, is not her husband. And she's worried that whoever this guy is, he has killed Peter. And then Peter, dressed as Spider-Man, comes into the room and she's like, you know, she's a little nervous for a moment, but he pulls off his mask. It's Peter. And they're just, you know, they just, they fall into a loving embrace and crawl into bed together. And uh, after all that is said and done, Peter wakes up. And he decides he's going to go back out and look for Craven and Vermin. Mary Jane, of course, is like, what are you doing? You just, you've been buried alive for two weeks. You just crawled out of your own freaking grave. And now you're going back out there. You're not at 100%. You need to settle down. You need to recover. And Peter Peter knows that she's right. But at the same time, she also knows that there's a guy out there sullying his name. And uh, that there's this rat man out there eating people. And so, even though she tries to talk her husband into staying, uh, he won't. She tries to get him to talk about what happened. He won't talk to her. And he, uh, he leaves. He leaves. He jumps out the window. So he's swinging around the city looking for Craven. Craven can sense that Spider-Man's looking for him. Spider-Man's spidey sense goes off and it just leads him right to Craven. Uh, Craven is there with vermin in this cage. Spider-Man, you know, confronts him and, uh, you know, Two weeks, you took two weeks from my life and you're destroying my name and I'm gonna freaking beat you to a pulp. And Craven is like, he's like, you know what, dude, chill. It doesn't matter anymore because I have defeated you and he strips off the costume, Craven does. So now Craven is naked in front of Spider-Man and um he has, he tells Spider-Man, all right, well, follow me. You know what, chill out, follow me. And for some reason, instead of just beating him into a pulp, Spider-Man follows him he takes him to this trophy room place and he shows him these, uh, these articles about the, uh, the, the cannibal killer, which is what they were calling vermin. And then he starts bragging, you know, it's like, look, I took out vermin. You couldn't do it by yourself. I could. I'm better than you. They fight for a bit. Spider-Man, of course, he's still, he's, of course, very angry. Craven is just boasting it up. He jumps on the back of one of, of a stuffed ele- elephant. Spider-Man flips the elephant over. Craven crashes to the ground. He gets back onto his feet and then he lets Vermin go. And he tells Spider-Man, you have, you have to fight Vermin. Spider-Man says no, but then Vermin attacks him. And, uh, Spider-Man's like, look, you don't need to attack me. I wasn't the one that did this to you. It was him. dressed up as me. And, uh, Vermin eventually, he, he, he runs away. So then Craven lets Vermin go and he tells Spider-Man that he's got to fight Vermin. You know, if he's going to, if he's going to prove to Craven, that he, that Craven didn't win, that he's gotta battle Vermin, and Spider-Man tells him no. Vermin, on the other hand, attacks Spider-Man, and they're fighting. And, uh, Spider-Man's like, look, it wasn't me, okay? It was this dude. And, uh, Vermin doesn't care. He's ready to kill Spider-Man. And, and he overpowers Spider-Man. He's about to kill him. And then Craven intervenes. He pulls Vermin back, pins his hand to the wall with a knife. Just chunk right to his hand with a knife. And he tells um, tells Vermin that the point has been made. You're free to go. He pulls the knife out and Vermin escapes. Now, it's at this point that Craven's like, all right, well, you know, you can stay here and we can fight it out. It doesn't matter because I have won. I have proven that I'm better than you. I bested you. I buried you. I became you. I beat Vermin and you couldn't do it. I am truly the spider. You can, uh we can sit here and fight or you can go chase down Vermin because he's going to go out there and eat more people. Spider-Man, of course, is like, all right, I'll be back. I'm going to go get Vermin and then I'll be back. So Spider-Man leaves and Craven uh, is very, he's very calm at this point. He's just very resolute. He's just, he's very, um he's just very resolved. He just, you know, he's like, all right, Everything's done. I'm cool. It's all it's all okay. And uh because he, you know, at this point he's he he feels he has achieved the ultimate goal. He has, you know, he's bested Spider-Man, the ultimate hunt. And uh so the only thing left for him to do is he picks up the rifle, puts the barrel in his mouth, and he blows his head off. We don't actually see that. They're they don't show us him blowing his head off. We see him put the rifle. Into his mouth and then blood splatter on the wall. So again, very dark book. So Spider Man goes down in the sewers. He finds Vermin. They fight. Of course, uh, as they fight in the sewer, Vermin again is winning, and he's he's he at one point plunges um, Spider Man's head into uh into this big you know into the sewer water to drown him. This reminds Spider Man of being buried alive. He freaks out. And he gets loose and he runs away. Vermin chases him out of the sewer. So now they're outside fighting in the storm. The sun is rising. It's, it's, it's morning time. The sun is rising. And Vermin just, he freaks out. He's horrified, you know, that he's out on the surface in the light of day. He freezes in the middle of traffic. And he's almost run over by a truck, but Spider-Man saves him. He wraps him up with his webbing and he turns him over to the police. And then, but he tells Vermin, he's like, I am going to get you in contact uh, with Mr. Fantastic because I think Reed Richards can help you. So even being what he is, even Vermin being what he is, Spider-Man still wants to help him because Spider-Man's a good dude. And so everything's over. Spider-Man goes back to Mary Jane. Uh, the police discover Craven, who has killed himself and he's left a suicide note and a confession, confessing that uh, what he did to Spider-Man, how he dressed as Spider-Man, and he was beating people and murdered the dude and everything. So it all worked out in the end. Yay! This was a great freaking story. So six issues, great. Oh my gosh. And it was f- so, it was just so beautiful. It is a beautiful book. Of course, being Mike Zek, it's going to be beautiful. But the story, I mean, it was so dark. And we're talking 1987, so I guess stuff like uh, Dark Knight Returns had been out by this point, and of course, Watchmen. Uh, So it wasn't like stuff like this hadn't been seen before. Okay, so full disclosure, all the information here I'm going to give you, this giant knowledge drop I'm about to throw atop you, all comes from Wikipedia. So take it with a grain of salt or wherever, you know, a loaf of bread, I don't care. All right. So sometime in the, in the eighties, JM DeMatteis, he went to Marvel and he proposed a Wonder Man limited series. This would involve his, uh, half brother, the Grim Reaper. And in the story, Wonder Man is buried alive and ultimately crawls out of the grave. Now, uh, Tom DeFalco over at Marvel just turned it down, said, nope, hit the bricks, buddy. This isn't something we're looking for. And so a few years later, De Mateus, uh took his idea. He kind of reworked the scene of a hero crawling from a grave and he uh, turned it into a Batman story that would explore what would happen if the Joker actually killed Batman. And according to De Matteis, it would effectively turn the Joker, quote unquote, sane. So when he pitched this story to DC, it was rejected because it was a little similar, they said to another Batman story that they were developing called The Killing Joke. Not sure if you know about that one, but it was being developed at the time. So then he reworked the story again to use Hugo Strange instead of the Joker, but again, it was rejected. And so finally, he pitched the idea to Marvel once again, but this time with Spider-Man and a new villain uh, in which he created specifically for this story. And at this point, Marvel said... Let's do it. They gave him the big thumbs up. So there were uh, a lot of elements added to the story as he began to write it, stuff he didn't have in mind, I guess, in the beginning. For example, uh, Marvel, they were planning on marrying Spider Man and Mary Jane. And so De Mateus added that to the story as kind of a focus on their marriage. You know, the whole stuff with Mary Jane, all that stuff with Mary Jane. Going to Robbie, you know, just all the torture that she had to go through because she didn't know where Spider Man was. All that was added um, to the story because, you know, he knew that they were going to marry him. He also substituted Craven. He, he took the new villain that he created out and he put Craven in instead. And according to Wikipedia, it was all because he had a chance to, to look at. Craven's entry in the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Now, I don't know what was in that entry, but I guess he was just flipping through and he went, hey, this guy's a hunter. That kind of fits in. I'm going to use him. And so that's how we got Craven's last hunt. Mike Zek was then brought on as the penciler, which De Mateus liked. He thought it was a good idea to use Mike Zek because the two of them together had created the character of Vermin. Anyway, it was it was originally intended to run entirely in the Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man book, but the editor, Jim Salacrip, decided to publish it as a crossover because, I mean, it makes sense. His argument was if we do it in just one book and have it go on for six months, it's going to kind of confuse people when Peter Parker is alive in the other books that are coming out at the time. So that that made sense. And then in 1994, DC went ahead and published uh, De Mateus's Batman Joker story that he originally, you know, that almost kind of started this whole thing. And uh, they did that version as a story called Going Sane, and that was in Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, issues number 65 through 68, which I did go out and look for on Comixology. And I, I they, they do have them. I just, I just didn't feel like buying them at this point because, you know, low rent. So there you go, folks. Craven's Last Hunt, one of my favorite all-time Spider-Man stories in, in, in a long time, I guess you could say. I don't know. I enjoyed it. If you haven't read it, I urge you to. If you have read it, read it again or just listen to this episode again. Whatever floats your boat. But regardless of what does or does not float your boat, my name is Stephen and I'm Just Another Fanboy. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at StephenOrElse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at StephenOrElse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at StephenOrElse. Welcome to another episode of Stephen Blob Flutibeding.